0: Welcome to another episode of SME Funding. My name is Lynette Mdooley, your host for this show and also the CEO of Innate Investment Solutions. As usual on the show, I'm joined by my co-host, Kumaran Padayachi of Spartan. And today we have a guest in studio because we'd love to talk about both a contentious, but a very relevant issue when it comes to the matter of funding, business plans. Are they necessary? Who should be writing them? and which work. Joining us on the couch today is our guest, Baratos van Niekerk of Outcore Financial Management, and they specifically deal with supporting established SMEs in the South African markets, and he's going to share some of his experiences about what type of business plans and what should be in them and what ultimately succeeds. Kumaran, you and I have debated this issue um, ad nauseum about Who should be writing your business plans? What type of business plans actually work? And do you need a big, heavy business plan in the first place? So I'm really happy to have Baratis here today. And I'd really like us to engage on the issue of, do you need a business plan? And what does a business plan in 2016 typically need to have in order to secure you funding success?
1: Yeah, Lynette, we've often spoken about this topic on the show already. And uh, today we're having a different perspective with a service provider perspective. Normally, you go to the funder and they say, I need forecasts, I need a business plan. And the SME runs, ooh, I need someone to help me. And typically, they run to someone like Baptist. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he's going to give us the lowdowns of what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing, because our suspicion is that uh, uh, it's simply fully outsourced, and they don't participate in the process. So maybe tell us about your experience.
2: Yeah, Kamara. I think you know. Typically, what happens is the the SME owner is very good at what he does. He understands his product. He understands how to market it. Mm. But normally, the guys leave behind the importance of the financials and the financial management function in the business. We believe it's sitting right in the core of your business. You've got to take care of that. Um, on a daily basis like you do of, of, of production um, of your operations and you've got to look after it.
1: So tell me about some of the instances, um, your experience, when an SME comes to you and say, I need to raise funding, I've gone to the funder, they've asked me for a business plan and forecast. Yep. Has that happened? And tell me about typically, yes. what's the good and bad <clears throat> when that happens? Give
2: us the insight. I think the bad is that they normally come when it's almost too late. Okay. Um, <laughs> They, they've already gone to the, to the funder uh, for the finance yeah. and instead of coming to the FD that's on site, which they normally don't have, or a, a, an organization like ourselves, mm. um, instead of coming to us first so that we can prepare the necessary numbers and business plan for the funder, they come when it's too late. Okay,
1: that's one problem. And then um, today, they, when they brief you, how's that done?
2: You get some of the guys that would literally just say, take care of that for me. And Mm. then you get the the crowd that's really serious about their financials and their business, Mm -hmm. understanding after having a discussion, saying please get involved on a monthly basis so that we do proper management reporting.
1: So, you know, the thing that I, when we debate, when we Mm. talk about business plans is that Spartan as a funder, when we get a forecast and we're interviewing the entrepreneur on this Document, business plan, or forecast that's been provided by someone like this, and the person ums and ahs because you can see they don't know the there content. Part
0: of it. So, so, you
1: know, and then we look at this and say, Hang on, did you prepare this? Who prepared it? And, you know.
0: Hmm. So, I definitely, Bertus, that's something that's interesting for me um, is how involved should you typically be in the preparation of that um, funding business plan? You know, you obviously would help with the creation of the management accounts on a monthly basis. But then the entrepreneur themselves, do you find that people come in and actually sit with you and brainstorm how to actually put together their funding application? Or do they almost expect that, Once they've briefed you, they're waiting for the final results that they're going to then attach almost to the middle of their application and just send in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Typically, the guys run their businesses on a cash flow model instead Uh of on a proper management reporting model. And, you know, they come in brief. And once they start understanding the numbers on a monthly basis and understanding what it means in their business, they then see the value thereof. And they want the continuation. They actually then get to a stage where they understand the numbers, they own the numbers, and they insist on having those monthly meetings that we that we actually need to have to discuss the numbers and see how the business goes forward.
0: And have you typically seen success in terms of funding with those entrepreneurs who are very much more involved with the development of their numbers, as opposed to those who just rely strictly on you providing the necessary
2: numbers? Definitely. Mm. Um, There's a definite um, change and a a, a distinct difference between um, the entrepreneur that wants to um, work with a financial um, management company or Mm. an FD on-site as opposed to the ones that don't want to. And those that don't want to, um, you know, you see often that the success rate is not great with the funders because the funders do want a continuation. They want to see the numbers on a monthly basis and understand, will they get the return on the investment? Will they actually um, see a healthy uh, company going forward? Because normally the funding is is not a a short-term funding as in one year or something like
1: that. SMEs or entrepreneurs that simply say, here, I need this, and dump it on your lap. Why is it that that happens, in your view? What's the reason for that?
2: <clears throat> I think the, the finance department is normally a grudge purchase, um, like it is with marketing. Mm. And they don't see the importance often of having it full time.
1: My theory is that they're not a fair or comfortable with the, with the subject matter, with the numbers, with numerics, do not perhaps have a financial background, and so it's like, ooh, this is voodoo,
0: you <laughs> sort it out.
2: Yeah. Is that not the case? It is. Um, the understanding is often uh, a problem, but also for the uh, the owner, it's important for them to understand mm. that the numbers that, that are provided to them actually do start making sense. They've got to take ownership of those numbers. If they're not in that mind frame, mm. then it's difficult for them to switch over.
1: But now if they don't understand the subject matter, how does what, it's a new skill you have to learn, right? Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, and terminology and ratios and, and all those sort of things. We do educate them well on it. How, ah, do, how okay. do the ratios on balance sheet react to whatever's happening on income statement mm. so that they can make educated decisions?
1: But those not dealing with you, that's the vast majority, let's talk about how, what can they do to teach themselves this uh, subject matter. You know, understanding numbers and finances and the lingo and, and all of that so that they don't avoid it.
2: Yeah. First and foremost, uh, get away from managing your company on a cash flow basis. Mm. Uh, get involved in managing your business on an accounting basis because the two are very different. Yeah. We're going to have an ad break, but you didn't
1: answer the question. We're going to come back at you. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> when we get back to the break, we'll chase after that answer, but also start to look at what you at home can start to interact with, can begin to research as well as incorporate into building your own financial business plan. We'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding. So before the break, Kumaran, Bertus and myself were speaking about business plans, but more specifically, Kumar posed a really interesting question. So I'm going to allow him to continue with that thought.
1: Yeah. So Bertus, I was asking you about my theory and the experience is that the reason why the SME or the entrepreneur simply dumps uh, the request for the business plan or forecast is because they don't understand the content. Mm. And so the specific question is what can be done for a busy entrepreneur to learn the voodoo subject of uh, you know, accounting and finance so that they're familiar with, it, with, yeah. the, with the content?
2: Kumaran, I think um, you know you would get some entrepreneurs that like the reading, uh, so they can go on a course and that. But I don't think that a course as such, if you don't put it into practice, is going to help a lot. True. You've got to actually engage with a professional in mm-hmm. the industry to actually guide you on a very... Um, active and frequent uh, basis to to get to the point where they weekly, even daily, interact with you and so through that educate themselves.
1: Okay, Mm. so by discussing the content matter and reviewing the stuff regularly, it almost serves like an accidental uh, coaching.
2: Very much so, Yeah. yeah on-the-job kind of learning. 100%. And it, it, because every decision you make in business has a financial implication, yeah. you mm. cannot neglect that beyond that
0: point. Mm. 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 I quite like that point. Um, I know personally I also do that, where at least once a month I make a good section of time to go and sit with the accountants. And, you know, yes, there are technicalities in the work that they pull together, but it's always so educational to understand the ratios and to actually see them live and get a calculator out yeah. and an Excel spreadsheet out and actually see the indicators in your business come to life um and light. And in that, and the more you sit with them, as you rightly point out. The stronger you become at understanding what you should be focused on and what you should be doing
1: you mentioned something now Lynette I want to pick up on you said the indicators in your business Mm. so let's talk about that I mean different businesses should have different unique
2: indicators that are relevant to them Mm. you want to chat about that yeah Uh, we call it the metric of measure it's quite important to focus on whatever is the metric of measure in your business and through um, understanding your metric of measure, you can actually break down your revenue, all of your cost components, every aspect of your business you can break down um, into small components. What is the contribution of my cost per unit, per um, head, per whatever tonnages um, it is that your business um, mm. has in inside of the business? So it's important to understand that. And often you find that the entrepreneur reacts to that better than what they do to just... 10,000 rands worth of expense in the income statement, but a cost per tonnage makes more no sense that? to them. Why do they react better to that? Because of how they are inclined. Yeah. They do they think about it differently. It's all things. part of the costing of their business mm. is how they, they arrived at a cost per unit. And they often think like that. And us that think we're clever accountants, we arrive there and want to teach them something different. Um, Whereas give them a dashboard that they understand. Mm -hmm. Give them a dashboard that will guide them in a direction where they can actually give a return to the funder, where they actually then also drive their business to be successful. And should
1: one be brave enough to show those metrics of measure to the funders?
2: Yes, definitely. I Why? The funder needs to understand the business. The funder mm. won't get involved um, at application mm. stage in the business if they didn't understand the business. So mm. the more detail you give to the funder, and the more credibility you put on those numbers, the better, and the more comfort the funder will have.
1: So before we started the show, we were talking about funding not being a once-off event, like it's a it's, a, it's a multiple occurrence, right? So let's tap him about that.
0: All right. So, Bratis, on your side, you know, funding, you start out needing an initial amount and then your needs change, the business is beginning to grow, you're seeing scale and you're seeing growth. The funders that successfully scale through funding, what do they specifically do, right? And just based on that point that you're making about the measures of their success within their business and that dashboard, what is it that they specifically focus on?
2: Yeah. Funders do want to understand that there's integrity behind the data that they receive from the financial department. It's quite important. Um, They need to understand that there's um, accuracy inside of those numbers Mm. um, because the business needs to drive into um, what we call second gear. Um, And you've got to get to a point where profitability is happening on a monthly basis. Okay. And the forecasting, uh, typically accountants are historians. We report on what's happened. We believe the, the quicker after month end you report the better because then you can still rectify what went wrong. Mm-hmm. But then also the forecast going forward um, for the next quarter at least is critical. And funders do want to see because business is dynamic. We've got an economy that reacts. Yes. And you want to make sure that you stay in touch with whatever's happening out in the economy. So. Mm-hmm. The reporting that gets done is not only on the historical matters, but the reporting needs to be what is the forecast going to look like for the next quarter. Mm. And keep it as close as possible. To forecast for five to ten years is unrealistic. Ah. You've got to do it. In, a short, in shorter intervals mm-hmm. because the economy does react that quickly these days. Mm. So
0: on that particular point, most funders, Kumaran as you'll know, generally ask you to do sort of a three-year forecast. So in, in your business plan and in your actual submissions. So are you then saying that perhaps it is better for you to motivate Dependent on the type of business you're in, the sector you operate in, and I suppose the external forces that put pressures on your businesses at different seasons, that you motivate two funders that you only forecast for almost a year at a time, at worst and at best. For, uh,
2: lenders won't let you forecast uh, just for a short space of time. Okay. The, the funders would basically uh, require you to um, show what the end goal is going to be for okay. uh, the funding that they provide. Um, but to get to that goal, mm. we've got to break it um, into smaller bite-sized chunks okay. and forecast for a quarter at a time so that we ensure that we're still on the right path uh, to get to that goal.
0: Okay, so, so be realistic, really, be realistic. as far as possible. With those cash flow forecasts, not and all funders
1: want a three-year forecast. It depends on the nature of what you're requiring funding for. Right. Mm. If it's a substantial amount, that's a game changer amount, and it's for a long period of time, then you need. If it's a bucky or a simple machine, you need or whatever, you're not going to need that kind of uh, a forecast. And then, but what we're also seeing, what we're doing as a finance company, what we're seeing other funders do, is now request regular, updated management accounts. It's not. Uh-huh. There's the funding, assess you, and off you go. It's a, I want to see the stuff every month. I want to see the stuff every quarter. So then you're expecting to see management accounts every month, every quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there was indeed a projection, mm-hmm. then you want to compare to say, okay, if it hasn't gone according to plan, are you going to do a rolling forecast and
2: adjust? for the next quarter, yes. right? Yes, right. I think from a, um, a funder point of view also, um, it's easier to extend further funding when you are involved on a monthly basis receiving reports that actually are credible. Um, then you're close enough to the business to avoid the whole business plan Um, engagement again Mm. uh, because on a monthly basis you're being educated what's happening in the business, Mm. you're close enough and to extend further funding would be an easier task.
0: So the more diligent you are really in preparing your statements, in sitting with your accountants, and presenting up-to-date relevant information, it also cuts a lot of the red tape I think that exists in actually accessing funding in the first instance.
2: 100%. Okay. Red tape doesn't exist in the SME market.
0: (laughs) All right, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back um, for this next segment of SME Funding, we're going to chat about what you at home, who's sitting very confused, perhaps, very overwhelmed, perhaps, with how to put together your funding requirements and your own financials for funding requirements and how to better clean up your own shop. We'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding. So before the break, one of the questions I really had for our guest today, Bratis, was I'm a small business. I have no formal processes and systems in place, and I'm literally operating from the boot of my car, from my garage, and out of my pocket. I don't even have receipts and formal invoices and the like.
1: God help you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the nature of what's actually happening out in our market. What are the very first and critical steps that a small, perhaps less corporatized, less formalized business needs to take in order for them to build systems and processes around financial management that will help them make sure that you have the data that's necessary to help them with their business plan?
2: Right. I think one's got to start at the beginning, and um, it it does um, mean that you've got to, Um, understand that it doesn't matter what size your business is. Mm -hmm. You do need um, a a set standard of um, accounting records that you need to keep. One's got to start at the beginning. You've got to start um, from your pocket and take some of those slips out and provide them to someone that can Mm -hmm. actually reduce them to an accounting system mm-hmm. uh, where you do record uh, all of that information to eventually give you an income statement um, and a balance sheet um, that actually does make sense, that reconciles, that gives you the the truth of what what has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, from that we do prepare cash flows and and um, you know one of the requirements would be that forecast that we spoke about earlier yes. that the funder would need. So those are the bare necessities that you that you need to have for your business plan mm-hmm. and it's a non-negotiable.
0: So keep every slip. Keep records of, keep your bank statements in check somewhere, and have an ongoing file of this information that you can hand to a professional who can then make sense of it.
2: And please be organized with that.
1: <laughs> and also the important thing here is that we see it's, it needs to be a regular rhythm yeah. rather than a once-off, oh, I need the funding, let me go and do this, and afterwards
2: don't maintain it. I I said earlier that operations is a daily task, and it has Mm -hmm. a financial implication, which needs to be a daily task as well. Don't leave it for a year down the line and think that you're going to make sense of your business. It just won't happen.
0: I've seen somebody arrive at their accountant's office (laughs) with a jar, (laughs) and it just slips, and you don't want to be that person. Okay. yeah. Mm. So, um, Baratus around that as well, there's obviously around the funding um, application as well, You've now got all the systems in place, but perhaps you're still not entirely comfortable. What other supports then can your accountant or an intermediary between yourself and your accountant provide you then in closing that loop and making sure that by the time you get to your funder back with all your detailed documentation, what can you what can you provide and suggest as a solution to that? And more importantly, can we also look at what are the non-negotiables, the documents you absolutely Have to have and have to have understood before you go back to your funder.
2: Right. Very important there is that we need to up the frequency once again um, in terms of the time that you spend on the finances. That's step number one and, and once you get that right mm. you'll get closer to your numbers and for the, for the SME owner, they need to ensure that they do get close to those numbers. Mm. Um, once you understand your numbers you're able to make educated decisions and like we always say in life, every action has got a reaction and this reaction here would be a financial implication mm. with regards to taxation, with regards to um, a return to the funder, whatever the case might be, mm. the non-negotiables, once again, you know, if we just go down to it, you, you cannot run a business without understanding your numbers. Mm. You have to understand your income statement. How does that income statement react? And you've got to have a, a business plan, which mm. in our sense, on a monthly basis, is our budget. That is the guideline to get you to that goal. Mm. And you've got to compare your actuals to your budget to see, are you on track or not? Um, mm. and have a frequent review of that. And then it feeds over to, into a balance sheet, as I mentioned, and, and your cash flow projections and cash flow forecasts are mm. quite important because that's ultimately where the funder gets involved and supplies the shortfalls that you might encounter mm. for as long as you see the return happening uh, with regards to the funding that's been invested.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much to for All of your tips, as well as those very practical interventions that all of our SMEs at home can immediately begin to inculcate into their financial management. At this point, we're going to allow Kumaran to give us his tip of the week. And once he's done that, we're then going to close the show and make sure that you've got all the details you need to get in touch with us right here on the show.
1: So my advice for this week's episode is, if you're working with an outsourced financial provider, you've got to maximize the value that you're getting. They can be cheap or they can be expensive, but you've got to maximize the value. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's affordable. You do that by two things, working with the outsourced provider mm-hmm. as opposed to simply dumping the stuff and getting them to do it. Right? So if you're working with them, you're getting maximum value. And second, use them as an accidental coach. Because mm-hmm. they're teaching you. By questioning them all the time, they're teaching you about your finances and that's where you're growing as well.
0: So ask questions and when we know better, we do better. Well, to our viewers at home, you are welcome to contact us right here on SME funding at SME funding at bdtv.co.za, and you can follow these conversations on social media, specifically on Twitter at funding underscore SME. Should you wish to join us as a guest on the show, please do email us the challenge or the opportunity you face in the world of funding, and who knows, you could join Kumar right here on our couch on the show. We look forward to engaging with you further and keep tuned in to SME funding. Thank you very much.